Welcome back to Talkville, uh, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast, where each week we go back and watch every episode of the show that changed our lives and maybe your lives, and we discuss it with fans like you. I'm Michael Rosenbaum. Hello, I am Tom Welling. And I am Ryan Tejas. I am also here. <laughs> Tejas. Tejas. You sing it at this memory earlier, and I don't know what it is. Tejas together. You remember that song? Tejas together. Do you remember, Tom, that song? Yeah. Say you send me. That's it. Um, folks, if you get a chance to call in and leave your questions for this episode, make sure you get some uh, for the future episodes, too. I mean, we need the, we need good questions here. You can call our hotline. It's a picture of Tom naked with a line. It's the hotline. Whatever. 213-538-2883. That's 213-538-2883. And follow us on our socials. Tom, do you know what the socials are? No. Talkville Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And Talkville Pod on the Twitter. That's right. Um, we also have a Patreon. Uh, join the Patreon to support the podcast. And we'll write a message to you right after. Um, That'll be fun to get into the Patreon. Because I know you're familiar with it. I'm not. But I know that you enjoy doing it a lot. So Yeah, my podcast inside you with Michael Rosenbaum. I got great patrons. And hopefully they're going to stick around. Hopefully not every one of them just leaves to, <laughs> to this podcast. Hopefully they support both. That would be nice. And, uh, you know, we're going to be selling merch. So uh, we, we got to figure out a cool shirt. Maybe it's that design. We just we started out with the design of the, the, the cartoon on a T-shirt. And yeah. maybe that's the first shirt, the first bit of merch. You start out small. You work way, your way up, you know, or, or like a picture of like Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, but our names underneath them, respectively. <laughs> We'd be a lot cooler, right? be a whole lot cooler if you did. You know who I called or I or I emailed before this episode because I'm now through four episodes. You know, we haven't had a guest, but I emailed Kristen and said, "Hey, would you be willing to come on the podcast?" That so Tom and I have this podcast and it's called Talkville, and so we'll see what she says. I'm hoping she'll come on. And I go, "Could you watch an episode maybe before you come on?" That might be asking too much because I don't know how. I don't know if they have Hulu in Canada. I really don't. Someone else said, "Oh, I don't think we have Hulu." That I don't know, but I can tell you after watching this episode X-ray, I think my first question for Kristen is, "Why is your life so perfect?" <laughs> are you being funny yeah because it's not because your parents died and then she's got this by the way I, i'm sorry i have had a crush on aunt nell for 20 years 20 years i just always was like man never told her never really talked to her never had any scenes with her but i had a crush on aunt nell i was gonna ask you because age wise that could have been a fun cross and i I don't know. When I saw her on camera, I somehow in the back of my mind, I'm like, I remember something about Rosenbaum and her, but I didn't know what it was. Maybe you told me on the side, like, man, she's great or something. I don't know. I probably told you that I had a crush on her. That's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Ryan? Did you feel that same way? Did you have a little crush on her? On Aunt Nell? Yeah. Uh, I, I can't say that I did. I was not right, there in person. thinking her. about that. No. It's Why? too bad that we missed an opportunity where you're like, hey, Lana, tell your aunt not. <laughs> tell your aunt. <laughs> nah. <laughs> But she, yeah, no, she, she's attractive. Sarah Jane Redmond. Sarah Jane Redmond. Sarah Jane Redmond. Please tell your aunt Nell I said hello. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do tell somebody else. Hey, tell so and so I said hello in the other yeah. episode. I said, yeah, I say that. Uh, look, guys, if you're digging the show, if you're watching with us, you know, usually I watch it the night before. 
Um, that's why I have nightmares. Tom doesn't like to watch it before he goes to bed, so he does it during the day, right before, so he's fresh. So how do you watch it? Let us know on uh, the Twitter, or the Instagram, or the YouTube. How do you watch it? When do you watch it? I know you've probably seen them all, but if you're, I'd like to know who is watching for the first time. I know Ryan Tejas right here, our wonderful engineer. He's watching for the first time, and I feel like he's sort of enjoying it. I am enjoying it. It's different, right? It is different. It's a, it's a going back to the past. It is a, uh, it is weird to look at your faces back then and look and look at your face right now. I know. I'm old. I see elements of the same person, but it's not all there. Nuances, little nuances, things, little things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, my buddy told me um, about a year ago. He's like, "No, man. You I mean you're in good shape? You look like a retired athlete." <laughs> and my other buddy's like. You look like you ate Tom Welling. <laughs> I was like, great, guys. This is a lot of fun. No, I think you actually look good. Actually, you look really good today. Oh, I did a little workout to get ready to try to be a little fresh for this. Yeah, you look good. Uh, all right. Without further ado, let's get into season one, episode four. This is called X-Ray. Yeah. The Lizzie title. Of, what's that? Lizzie Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan is the it, she plays Tina Greer. Um Title is X-Ray, as I said. It aired November 6, 2001. The director was James Frawley. Now, I thought this guy was a real dick at first, and I got in, into it with him. I remember specifically because he directed the Muppet movie, the original Muppet movie, and I was I was kind of in awe of him. And uh, uh, I remember he was just, he just was kind of rude. He's like, okay, as actors, you're going to go over here, and you're going to walk over here. And Chris and I looked at each other, and I go, uh, that's not how we work. And I go, let's, let's, let's discuss what we're going to do and not just boss us and tell us what we're going to do. So he goes, oh, is that how it is? I go, well, yeah, you're kind of being a dick. And, uh, you know, after I stood up to him, I think we got along for the rest of the shoot. Sometimes you just have to, like, nip it in the bud. But James Frawley, um, I thought he did a decent job on this. Uh, is Frawley the name of a Muppet? I feel like there's a Muppet. <laughs> Frawley the Muppet. Uh, I wonder if he's alive. Is he alive, James Frawley, the director? No, he's dead. He so died? You, you can say whatever you want about him. Did he really die? Uh, uh, th- three years ago. Three years ago. God rest his soul. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't dislike him. I just thought he was a little bit of a dick. And I, you know, I, I wish him the best. Uh, writers, Al Goff, Miles Miller, uh, Mark Verheiden, Mark Verheiden, and of course, the creators of Superman, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Uh, guest stars, Tom said Lizzie Kaplan is Tina Greer. And uh, the synopsis pretty much is Tina Greer's skeleton is faced, is, is laced. Her skeleton is laced with meteor rock. She is able to assume any form. She assumes the form of Lex Luthor to rob a bank. Clark Kent discovers he has X-ray vision. Lana Lang discovers her mother was much more interesting than her Aunt Nell ever told her before. And Lex Luthor turns the tables on Roger Nixon, gaining himself an unwilling ally at the Metropolis Inquisitor. Now, the the episode opens on Lex Luthor robbing this bank. My first impression was like, wow, I'm going evil pretty fast. At first, I was like, oh, Lex Luthor is really getting dark, you know, really. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute. This was all, you know someone else is doing but it was kind of a cool idea to have me rob the bank going down the street i bump into clark i throw him through a window i mean i remember also when i was running down the street i fell and i really skinned up my legs i remember i fell hard because i was wearing these god blessed dress shoes and i just i hurt myself do you remember that 
I, I so there there were a few things that I did remember of this episode. One I didn't remember was the opening, and I was surprised as Lex goes into the bank and he's acting weird and all this strange stuff. Um, and then the shot of you running down the sidewalk, I just remember being like, Jesus, that looks horrible. Did it look horrible when I was running? Yeah, because you're in dress shoes. That's and exactly you to right. Run really fast. I, I couldn't run. I remember it was like the dress shoes limited me, so I was I couldn't I couldn't run really fast. So I looked kind of stupid. I guess you. Well, could say. it wasn't you running. It was, you know, Tina Greer. No, it was me running. I one of, well, what, one <laughs> I know, of the things I, I was. One of the things I was going to ask you about, because one of my favorite episodes that we'll get to in a couple seasons is Transference, where I switch bodies with John Glover. And I had to sort of bring on some of his, you know, idios idiosyncrasies that he had with um, with Lionel. And did did they put you in a room with Tina at all? Or, or Lizzie, I'm sorry. Did you guys, because I know Lana had to do it. All these people had to do it. But was there any communication of like? I don't know. I think we might have done the morph together when she morphs from Lex to me. And me to oh, Lex, hey, I think hey, I had to be there kind of like with her to do that. I believe. I, I don't recall. But Ryan did some research and he found out that Lizzie Kaplan was in two episodes. Now, I don't know if it's because they used a flashback or she was in another episode, but I don't remember her being in another episode. Do you guys? Do you guys out there? She, she has just has two credits on IMDb for being in Smallville. Uh, so I don't know what that is. I've. I can look it up at this moment, but that's what I saw. I'm going to call her right now. No, no, I don't know her information. <laughs> uh, but the the opening scene I thought was pretty cool. I thought that the morphing was cool. But then again, right away, what, what what are we doing? We're in a Freak of the Week episode. She's infected with Meteor. And so you're kind of going, okay, is this what the show is now? When you're watching the pilot episode, there's all these stories going on. And it's really, uh, it's it, it's enticing. And it's uh it's very effective and i'm very much into the show and so i just felt like you know like the show is is it, we're, we're adding to we're adding to the story slowly so we're integrating storylines a and b's and c's slowly progressing during these freak of the week episodes when you that's fair right i mean it's quite clear like by now episode was this four episode four this is going to be our, our, our format for the most part. Right, but it does change where we go really into, uh, we, we break into character sometimes. We really dive deep into character. It doesn't happen a lot. And when it does, maybe that's why it's so effective because we have, it's kind of surfaced. We've got this freak of the weeks. We've got some, and then we have these little things, these little uh, gems that we give, they give the audience and then sometimes when they're big storylines or, you know, flashbacks to when they were younger, it's more effective, maybe. Yeah. And I think I think the Freak of the Week helps bring out character um, attributes of the, the guys who are there, the girls, who are they, you know, Lana and Clark and Lex, you know, it, it, it gives them room to think about their lives and what they're doing in a sense. Yeah. What do you think, Ryan? About the Freak of the Week format? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it offers an interesting opportunity for guest actors. So people yes. who were, um, you know, fans of the show or people who needed, you know, uh, that one gig to send them over the edge. Uh, it's Smallville an was the one. It was the That's hot the show to be on, wasn't it? It was yeah. the hot show to be on. So I mean, for Lizzie Kaplan, yeah, this was like early I, in her career and she got to do this like creepy role. Yeah. And then I, I'm sure it led to other things. Yeah. Probably. Uh, oh, she definitely went on to a lot of great things. She, I mean, if you, I don't know. She's, you've seen, uh, 
I don't know if you saw Masters of Sex. She was great in that. No. It's a very psychological drama, very awesome, high caliber cast. She got a, an award for Cloverfield, I looked up. Wow. Uh, supporting actress. Yeah. Wow. Well, she, she really she went on to do a lot of great stuff. Party That's Down. Great. Party Down. That's right. I forgot Party about Party Down. Yeah. Hot Tub Time Machine. Wow. She really up. worked. Where our careers, you know, she her careers went off in a really good direction. And then, yeah, two years after this, she got Mean Girls, which is the, probably the first place I saw her. By the time we shot this episode, I wonder if the show had actually aired yet. So this, you shot it, what it, you said it aired in November 2001. 2006. Uh, 2001, November 6, 2001. Uh, so when were you shooting it? Uh, I don't remember. Um, I bet we started in August. So I, I bet we were like, we were a couple July ahead. August. We were a couple ahead. So this, so if you're a guest star on the show, you really haven't seen it. Right. True. That's true. That is absolutely true. Uh, so what happens next? Tina Greer gets confronted by her mother with a large amount of cash, and Tina reveals she can shapeshift into other people. When struggling over whether to keep the money or not, her mother falls down a flight of stairs and dies. Uh, that was kind of uh, jarring, and I like the effect and like the stunt. Of falling down the stairs it was kind of and i'm glad I'm, i like that she didn't push her she, it wasn't her that really did it it was an accident it's the second mother that dies in four episodes and there, there is a save there's a save which we'll talk about soon but um what did you think of the shape shifting i thought the effect was pretty cool it was uh you know it wasn't perfect but it, it was uh probably ahead of its time and i think it worked for what it needed to do did you feel like that tom I, I thought it was effective. I again watched it on the internet. I mean, as far through through an app, so I don't think I got the the quality that I would have gotten through the a DVD, perhaps. Yeah. But I but I think it told the story really well. I mean, it was, it was creepy. This episode is sponsored by Better Help. You know, a lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing in your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you could do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Listen, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Talkville today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Talkville. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. 
If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Uh... So then Clark gets a migraine in gym class, and during a rope climbing exercise, he sees through Pete's skin with his x-ray vision what she's just now exploring. It's kind of like getting a boner in class for the first time. You don't, you can't control it. You don't know what you're doing. You're a teenage boy. He's dealing with these other things like x-ray vision. Sorry, that was my analogy. But you know what I mean? He can't control it. He's like, Mom, how do I control this x-ray? She says, well, try to focus. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's what you try to do. But as a teenage kid, you're like, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Kent, would you like to come up and do this problem at the board? Uh, no, I'll take the zero. I've got something growing up here, growing in here. Um, but you felt you fell pretty high up when you're on the rope. I remember that day. Um, it was a fun scene, a lot of energy. The coach, uh, the gym, the gym class coach was was really awesome. I remember him being very authoritative. And they were like, okay, so uh, we got these stunt guys to climb the ropes. And I remember being like, I'll climb that rope. And they're like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, dude, I got like one or two up. I'm like, never mind. This is harder. I've never climbed a rope since I was 10 years old. Um, And it's a lot harder. So with the stunt and everything else, uh, I'm, you know, again, Clark doesn't go through the floor, which I think maybe he should have like dented the floor. Oh, yeah. You know, right. Because look what you did in uh, episode, I think, two metamorphosis when you fell on the machinery, you kind of bent it all up. So why wouldn't you dent the floor? But, you know, we've got if you did that, people would be like, oh, what's going on with this guy? You see, you got to kind of suspend that that disbelief. So you fell from the rope. You know, you couldn't hardly do it. But like the effect was like, holy shit, like they were like, Clark, you're all right. I mean, good God, you would have been dead. A normal kid would have broken every arm, you know, his arms, his legs. But what I, but also you fell down, you turned around, Tom, and then what happened? You well, s- Clark accidentally <laughs> looks in as a peeping Tom uh, <laughs> and sees the girls' locker room, which um, was a, it was an interesting moment. Um, you have to understand, on the day I was looking at like the cameraman's feet um, <laughs> and like forty other people, I wasn't actually looking into the girls' locker room. Um, True. They were describing to me what I was seeing. That's one of the things with the x-ray is I, I figured out pretty quick that like if I had someone talking to me about what I was seeing, it made it simpler to imagine it. Um, because a lot of the x-rays, there's no dialogue. It's like that focus and you're looking and we established it that day. Um, but that's what it was. It's like you're and it was funny because I don't remember who it was, but they were describing, you know, you're looking into the girl's locker room. They're not wearing many clothes. And then it got a little too detailed and I cracked up. That's like when I directed and I was giving you the play by play of what's happening. And uh, Tom is doing this thing years later, season six, when I direct an episode and Tim and 
Kristen or, or him and you know Lana and Clark are walking away, and you know I wanted to get a shot of them. I'm like, ah, you're 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 in love. Ah, this is everything. This is the, the man you wanted to be with. This watching her walk away. Watching, watching her walk her away. away, and I'm like showing my hand as it's getting higher, and Tom was like, we got it. Stop it! Taller? Is she getting taller as she walks away? She's getting taller as she walks away. Uh, we'll get to that episode eventually. If this podcast does well, uh, we we hope it does. So uh, we see Tina meeting Lana at her house, and and she hints at how great it would be if they lived together. If anything would happen to her mother. Now, here's a problem I have with the show. Um, uh, you know, I I think these villains, these 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 meteor infected uh, people, these guest stars, these characters they they're so bad so fast like you could have made her really likable and then she was like she doesn't have any friends she's a little lizard like the bug boy but he was so weird that kid that you just wasn't likable and then you got tina who's just just like later on she gets mad at like you i can't live with you we're not best friends you should have said we we, we. and she storms off yes yeah you should have said yes it would have been perfect which is a a, a a word that is used a lot in this episode. Um, yeah, it's uh, you only have so much time, I guess. I guess I know that. I just wish that she was a little more likable. Did you feel that way, Ryan? Well, it's the same thing with the Metamorphosis episode where it was, uh, it was someone who like was a friend of the main characters in middle school. And now they're in high school and they yeah. sort of developed a little differently. What I thought was really yeah. funny is when she goes to see Lana and they're talking and she she's talking about how, you know, how how horrible her life is and everything else. And she says to Lana, um, you know, it's something about being unpopular. And Lana's like, oh, that's OK. You're not unpopular. You're not unpopular. That was the, that was the nicest thing that she could have said. Yeah, you're not about- unpopular. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to say, I think you're very pretty. And you, who cares right. about popularity? It's high school. Uh, you know, the next scene that happens is Clark and Martha enter the store, greeted by Tina's mother, who mentioned she is looking to sell the place, where then Martha discovers a wad of cash that just happens to be under the dresser. And on her way out, Tina's mother steals Martha's keys from her purse and then morphs into Clark, who drives the Kent's pickup through town on sidewalks, sidewalks causing havoc and almost killing Martha Kent. I thought that was a pretty cool stunt. They did go balls out. They were always doing stunts that were difficult, that were eye popping, or uh, you know, I felt like it was uh, it was it was a good stunt. And well, we that had- whole stunt was was what they call practical. It, you know, there weren't many visual effects in that. The, the truck actually had to make that move. Um, what what I really remember is being in that antique store and watching um, watching Annette carry a scene. This is the first time I'd been around her where she really carried a scene and remember just like soaking up like how she moved and how she sort of, I don't know, how she just operated as an actor in that environment. I just remember like watching her as Clark was doing, but like just trying to soak up like her wisdom. Yeah, she's uh, she's a great actress and it was always fun watching her and being on set with her. She took her work very seriously. She was always gentle and sweet and nice to be around, but she also took her work very seriously, whether she was saying a bunch of bullshit, spitting it out, or whether she had a monologue, but she was always, and she was always there for the other actors. So uh, I really, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, this was the first episode where she kind of had more to do. More I to think do. she had like, act like proper scenes. Yeah. To, like actually dig into stuff. Yeah, and I like how she, uh, at the end of the episode, she kind of says, you really like her, don't you? 
and you don't answer you're kind of just like you know i don't want to talk about this with my mom this is fun comfortable (laughs) so i dug that but so you know we back at the kent residence they put the pieces together in tina greer's childhood bone disorder i missed that i must have not been paying attention but she had a bone disorder and the meteor shower exposure must have had some sort of impact on her ability to shape shift it's it's unclear how she got the kryptonite. I know that she had uh, her character had issues. You know, she wasn't supposed to live past one years old. They were talking. About, I'm explaining it because you missed it. But <laughs> thank you, thank um, you, thank you. Martha Kent knew the whole story and filled us in. And then when you, I, I thought it was funny because when you come in and in the end, uh, Clark has a line. I know it wasn't you because the real mastermind would have worn a mask. And I re- I remember <laughs> Clark looks at you and you look at me and we start laughing. And that's. That was just us. That was you and me. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. You just had a big cheesy smile on your face. Um, (laughs) Then then we have in Lana Lang's garage, she discovers an old diary from her mother, causing her to confront her aunt Nell for lying to her about enjoying cheerleading and wanting to stay in Smallville. So, again, this is some backstory. It's nice. It's like this girl who never got to know her parents. She didn't know what they were like. And she's trying to find something, something to grab hold of, uh, you know, to remember her parents, to remember what they were like. And uh, I thought that was kind of a touching B story, you know, throughout, especially at the end, which we'll get to where she's alone listening to her Aunt Nell kind of give a speech in the truck and it's raining and it's just... That's a, her mom's speech. That's her, her, mom's, her mom's speech, right? Her mom's yeah. speech and the tears. I, I got to tell you, I did get choked up. Maybe I'm a softy, but I got a little choked up from it at the end. Okay, yeah, none, of mean, you, none of you guys Kristen did. did a great, Kristen did a great job in that, um, sort of selling the idea that, you know, she's trying to find balance in her heart and her and her and her future and who she's supposed to be. Yeah, I agree. You know, Lex, I liked, I got to say, I liked some character development for Lex Luthor in this one. I did. I liked him being confronted by Roger Nixon, the journalist, about his juvenile record and attempts to blackmail him. I like how he turns things around on him and he gets very dark, very Lex Luthor-ish. Um, what'd you guys well, think spe- of that? Well, especially when you're outside and he confronts you for the first time. By the way, that actor, I remember thinking like, wow, this guy's a real actor. Like, he's really good. Um, and he confronts you and you're in your convertible and you drive away. And I remember even watching it you know, this morning I was like, man, Lex is kind of a wuss right there. He didn't even stand up for himself. But then, of course, it comes back around later. Yeah. He literally just dominates it. So I like how he quickly takes the car and just <laughs> shoots out of there like a rock. And you're like, oh, so he's he's going to get the best of Lex Luthor, this guy, Roger. Yeah. And then- well, I, you had a thing about cars and driving, which which I, I agree, because a lot of times they don't want to give you. A really nice car because you're an actor they don't trust you and then number two when they let you drive they don't trust you because you're an actor and three they don't want you to go fast and i remember you at one point you were like don't worry guys i got this i'm just gonna take out easy i'm just gonna pull out easy and they're like action you're like and everybody's like oh and you're like dude it's a car (laughs) i did i like driving those fast cars we always had fast cars for lex and i always wanted to drive them at least in the beginning and then i didn't give a shit i'm like no i'll be in my trailer go ahead drive it uh, that night, Lana meets up with Clark in his bar and opens her heart, proceeding to make out with him. However, it turns out to be Tina shape-shifting as Lana, who then pushes Clark out of the barn and onto his truck. Now, this is a scene that I really liked. And, you know, she everybody comes in the barn. Clark, it's your dad. Clark, it's your mom. Lana, everybody comes into this barn. Lex. It's like, dude, can I have some effing privacy here? I was it's having my, a super it's pounding. Literally my, it's literally my Fortress of Solitude. 
everybody, <laughs> everybody comes knocks. in there. But was this the first time you kissed Kristen? I w- I would think so. I was thinking about that because I forgot what that scene was, and I'm watching it this morning, and I was like, "Hey, what?" They're, like I was just as surprised that they were that the kissing was happening, and then the shape shifting. I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, and I remember this." Yeah. yeah, and and Tina is on to you, hence why she comes over and she wants to say, "Hey, you know, get out of my life" or whatever. She thought she ends you by throwing you. Little does she know you've got superpowers and you're not going to die from being tossed out of barn. But uh, was it, was it, do you remember, you know, cause Kristen was probably 18, you were 23. Um, so, so she probably hadn't done a kissing scene before, had she? Do you remember her talking about I don't, it? She was on some other TV show right before. Edgewood? Edgewood. Edgemont. Edgemont. So I don't, I mean, I never saw it. Maybe, she, maybe she did have those scenes before. Um, was it your first kiss? No, I'd been on other, I've been on a, I was on a show called Judging Amy. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, but I think part of it was Kristen playing, she, she was pretending to be Lana, you know what I mean? So it gave it a, it wasn't, it didn't need to be so, I don't know. It looked like it was pretty, it looked like it was pretty like, "Mm, baby, you know, like she went after you because maybe Tina has never really kissed a boy and maybe she wasn't, you know, like she said, unpopular and maybe she just was like, I'm getting some. Well, she did the same thing with Whitney. She did the same thing with Whitney. She really got it going. So that was a character thing, and I thought that kind of worked. But, you know, was it uncomfortable for Lana to play that, for Kristen to play that? We'll have to ask her sometime. Ask her. Uh, you know, Lana meets up with Chloe working on the torch, Looks at the uh, looking for records from her mother's time in, at Smallville High. However, her mother's graduation speech is missing. Um, back at the Luther Mansion, Lex strong arms Roger Nixon by promising to wipe his identity if he doesn't control the Luther narrative in the newspaper and also help him dig into Clark Kent and how his car crash didn't end tragically. That was a surprise. I didn't remember that scene, uh, but it was, you know, Ryan asked me before we started talking, like, he was like, is that, was that the, was that at the mansion? Did he just keeps this room with these floodlights. You know, I'm like, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. He could have had better lighting in there, but. Uh, well, I like the choice that you did when you, at the end of that scene where you, you basically have control of him and you made a choice where you threw follow me over your shoulder, which, you know, a lot of times in television, especially actors, editors don't like it when you turn around and say a line the other way, because they feel like they have to go around and cover it, which is 15, 20 minutes, 45 minutes to get that shot. But it was such a strong choice. And so. um like such a such a like a status move that you know you don't have to look at him. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was an interesting acting choice. You know what I liked is when I'm shooting pool, I probably didn't sync eighty percent of those things, but they make the sound of the like they're like I'm I'm hitting every one of them every time you see me shooting pool. Boom. Occasionally, maybe the editor didn't like me because I could hear it missing, hitting off a wall. Going, you fuck, Lexus doesn't miss. So this is a scene. So first, Clark and Lana have a front porch conversation about their respective parent me- parent memories. And I thought this was a touching moment. I thought, what did she what did she say to you? She asked you a question. Uh, it was something about what, what would, would you, you say what to would you ask your what would you ask your parents? But what I remember about that scene is it being such a long scene. Like I was really nervous <laughs> going into that scene. It was it, it's a long scene with this love interest. You know, there's a lot going on. There's a point in there where I flub a line, but because of the shot, 
I guess they didn't have any other option. It's in there. I I, I like I did like a double talk over my line, and it's in the movie. Like it, it's I, I don't movie. I don't remember that. Oh did yeah, you, I heard it. You said don't twice, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I didn't hear that because it would. They were trying to get so much of it in these long moving shots, and I guess they didn't have coverage, and they just had to use it. I mean, it it it, it kind of comes across as endearing. But I, I remember being like, this is one of the longest dialogue scenes I've had so far. So you were nervous because it was like you hadn't had to talk that much. Right. But here's the best part. Clark should be nervous at the same time. So I kind of yeah. tried to go with it. Yeah, I think you did go with it. I think it works. Yeah. Clark and Pete. This is Now, this is the scene I had the most problems with. <laughs> Clark and Pete go to investigate Tina's antique store and discover Tina's mother hidden in an armoire and his X-ray vision. With his x-ray vision. First of all, I, it's fine that you go, let's go in there. It's like, why? Well, I, I just have a hunch. <laughs> okay. I'll suspend disbelief on that. But then all of a sudden they go in, they open this thing, and the body's there. And Pete goes, damn. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> it was like, that's the reactions. Both of you are not that scared. It's a dead body. You're in Smallville. He's like, oh my God. Oh my God. The, the, the reaction. And they left that. They didn't want a bigger reaction. I was like, damn. Who's that? Another dead, <laughs> another made, dead mom. I made a note. I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I guess, I don't know. Uh, he was always fun to work with. He always, you know, what I remember about Sam Jones the third is he always worked really hard. He wanted to be good. He always wanted the scenes to be better. So I always appreciated that. And he was always concerned. He was always, hey, it's got to be better. Let me do it again. Let me do it again. Um, what do you remember about working with Sam? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen.
Uh, same. Um, he was just, we would have so much fun, but you're right. He would have this, you know, you, you had this ability. I've said this before. You would joke around and bounce around and whatever. And then, you know, they'd be like rolling action and you could jump right in. Yeah. I couldn't really do that. Sam really couldn't do that. Like he would always need to be like, you know, he wouldn't tell everybody to, to shut up. But he would be like, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. <laughs> the camera's about to roll. I need to. Right. I need to zone focus. in, zone in. And he, I do remember, but when we did walk and talks and there was movement, totally more comfortable. But what, to get him to stand still was, and I would always kind of like fuck with him a little bit, you know, because I knew he was uncomfortable. Um, Good. Which is probably really nice. Yeah. Um, I remember you, Pete, and I, we, the three of us, we went to see Seinfeld. Your agent got us tickets to go watch Seinfeld live. And we went, and afterwards, we got mobbed, and the three of us just took off running. We just took off running. I don't, and it was, we found each other, like, streets away. I mean, at the show, we didn't realize the impact it had yet. And now we were seeing, I'm like, we were at, on set the next day going, they chased us. People were chasing us. There was a mob scene. We're like, oh, my gosh, this show's a hit. It was crazy. I know. We were so scared. People were like, can we get a picture? We're like, ah! We ran. Oh my gosh, we didn't know what to do. It was just so many people, and they were kind of like some were a little bit abrasive. So we were like, "All right, we got to get out of here." I think you you kind of took off, and I just followed your lead. I don't remember what it was. All right, Tina's mother. Uh, so Lana visits her parents' gravesite. There she is again, visiting her parents' gravesite at night. Why does she have to do this? But she does, and she's confronted by Whitney, who proceeds to harass her about her dead parents, takes her necklace, and then puts her in a tomb inside a mausoleum so Tina can take her life. Yeah. Uh, she wants to be Lana. She's going to she's gonna pretend to be Lana from, from now on. I had a problem here, too. My problem was that she choked her out for about four seconds. Did you notice that, Ryan? Yeah. It was like four seconds of choking, and she's passed out. She's like, yeah. oh. Keep in mind, this guy directed Muppets before, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And now, <laughs> now he's dead. Wait, way to, R. Way R. to bring that up. R.I.P. Way to bring that up. I'll tell you a funny story about that night. So when Clark breaks open the, the, the whatever you call it, that Lana's trapped in, right? That was at like 4.30 in the morning. They're like, the sun's coming up in 45 minutes. We don't have any time. So I go up there and they're like, you're going to punch this thing. Don't worry. It's like scored on the back. It's going to break. And I was like kind of testing it. And I was like, guys, I don't really feel comfortable doing this. And my stunt double is like, well, you know, they can just, you know, do an insert and hit it. And I remember the the special effects guy was like, what do you think? It's not going to break. You don't think I know how to do my job? And I'm like, sir, I just, I just don't. And he goes, watch this thing did not break. It didn't break. He punched this thing. It didn't break. And he was like, oh, ow. And I think he didn't, I don't think we ever saw him again. He didn't come back, did he? Yeah. I don't think he came <laughs> That's back. amazing. So of course, Clark shows up and saves the day. Gets in a fight with Whitney, which was a pretty aggressive fight. Throws him into one of those plots, right? That was a big Gravestones. deal. Breaking all those things that night, that took four hours, that, that fight sequence. It, it was, was good. It was a good scene. What do you think, Ryan? You're thinking right now. No, it was a good scene. I was thinking um, just from a character standpoint, what does that feel like for Clark to beat up uh, the boyfriend of the girl that he loves? It's... Um, you know, I don't think Clark ever went there because Clark had this thing of, of and he said it's to, in a, what's the episode with Dan? Uh, Hothead. Hothead. He says, you need help. And that was always like a big thing in these sequences for Clark. It's like, hey, 
you know, you're not yourself. You need help. Let me help you. Um, I don't think there's, unless it was like Red Clark, which we don't get to for a couple of seasons, who's like, oh, great. You just gave me an excuse to beat your ass. Right, you. right. You know. you know what I liked about this scene is when Clark does his x-ray vision and now he's learned how to focus a little more. He's got he's getting the hang of it, and we see these bodies and coffins throughout the, throughout the feet, you know, the cemetery. I thought that was kind of creepy and cool that you got to see the dead bodies lying in there, and then boom, he sees Lana's, and uh, there she is, and he saves the day once again, um, and that would probably get us to save number. Are you guys listening? Are you guys watching? Are you adding it up? Let's put this number down. Seventh save of the series so far. We're through four. Clark saved seven. Six have died. Put that down in your books. Um, so at the end, Tina gets apprehended, and later that night, Lana receives her mother's cassette graduation speech on cassette from Chloe while Clark looks on jealously at Whitney and Lana. And uh, it's a very emotional scene at the end. Um, I, I could see, I mean, you feel for Clark. You feel, you're like, you know, he's a good guy, and he uses his x ray vision, and we see Whitney and and Lana, and I thought that was nice, and he's like, when is it going to happen? And I know the audience is probably going, leave this guy! Go with Clark! Well, it's funny, Ryan, you, you were talking about the cemetery a second ago, and I did see a missed opportunity when Whitney, as far as we know, it's Whitney, in the cemetery, Clark says, where's Lana? And he says, she's dead. And there's really not much of a reaction from Clark. Like, you would think. <laughs> he would, no! There's nothing. No. There's, like, nothing. No. So, that's amazing. Um, interesting things of note. Uh, we, you talked about it. Uh, you, you committing the classic peeping Tom into the girls' locker room with x-ray vision. Tom. Peeping Tom. The stunts in the episode were great. The lady falling down the stairs. Clark falling through the barn. The pickup dr drifting through the town, almost hitting Martha. Trying to kill Lana Lang at her parents' gravesite is a pretty savage move. I didn't realize that, but, you know, trying to kill Lana Lang at her parents' gravesite... Uh, Pretty crazy. Cool quotes. What happened to the girl who didn't care what people thought of her? She went to high school. Uh, and if you could see anything, which Clark asks Martha, what would you do? And she says, learn to close my eyes. Thought that was pretty cool. Highlights and lowlights. We've talked about some of the things that made me laugh that I thought, you know, the re reactions, the, you know, well, damn. She's dead. Who's that? Well, you you guys weren't looking at a dead body at the time, right? Too far, just... Tom. Laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing when every time you do that, it makes me laugh. Because I can, I can, I know. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Who's that? Well, well, you guys were looking at like some tape on the floor, right? There's there was no oh, like yeah, there wasn't a dead person. <laughs> there, was, there. there was nothing but... to look at. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's part of it, right? They're like, damn. Well, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you're limited, like they're like, okay, here's your marks for this scene. And you're like, okay. And then they're like action. And it's like, okay, the dead body falls and you're not allowed to move. There's <laughs> no time for you to move. So you kind of have to do what you can. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> not that you say that. I just can't stop laughing. All right. So what would you say? The uh, I don't want you to say the highlights because that's going to give me probably an idea and Tom and I of what your favorite scene was. So if you go through the highlights, Ryan, right now, then I'll know. But what would you say, Tom, or some of the lowlights where you're just like, eh, that was kind of cheesy. That didn't work. Was there a lot of those? Were there I, I, I think something that they didn't show was just, you know, we've, we finally see the Smallville Police Department show up. Um, 
<laughs> yes, we did. Finally. Good job, guys. And uh, I just felt it was a little underwhelming, the whole idea that, you know, she was just kind of going around and bullying and beating up all these people and like kind of getting away with it. Um, and, you know, at the end, she just goes too far. She flew too close to the sun. <laughs> who was it who flew too close to the sun? Icarus. 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 That's right. Icarus flew too close to the sun. Um, you know, I'm just going to read these. So these are uh, highlights and lowlights. I would say stunts were highlights. Uh, I like a little B storyline with Lex Luthor. I like that that's now going somewhere. We have a story that's go- hopefully going somewhere with uh, the Roger Nixon character, the journalist. He's going to find out he's on to Clark a little bit. This is what the audience likes. This is what they f- you know they need, I-, I believe, as an audience member. Now watching it with that perspective, I'm like, oh, I want to see what happens with that. Um, I don't remember a lot of uh, a lot of things that happened in this episode from watching it years ago, but uh, I thought the acting was pretty good. I thought your relationship, you know, I, I my two favorite moments are the one where I smile at you, and I say a real mastermind would have worn a mask because I knew that that was just you and me, <laughs> as I said before. And the other one is Jonathan Kent pulling his pocket knife out of his pocket <laughs> and being so earnest. About you know you can see through my hand, you know. He, yes. You know that whole that was funny. That was. You like, know what funny. else was funny? I don't know if you noticed. You're in the Kent kitchen. Jonathan says, referring to your X-ray vision, he says, "Practice, son." And then as he walks over to you, putting his hand in his pocket for a pocket knife, which we don't know what he's going to get, he says, "Look, son, practice. Start with something small." As he goes into his pocket and his, into his pants. <laughs> Start with something small, and it looks like he's reaching into his pants to whip it out, and then it's his knife. So I was kind of like, I laughed. I go, ha! Did anybody else see that? Did you not notice that? I didn't. I know. I didn't notice that either. Damn, you guys. Why is my mind pervy? <laughs> I don't know. Well, um, another thing is, he's, as, as, John, as John Schneider is walking around that table, you can see him moving for camera and not getting too wide around the corner. And kind of staying in frame and all those sort of moves he has yeah to not make the camera move too much and then um i i again i think that that smile was something that i just did because they just didn't write i don't remember ever seeing anywhere in a script like and then clark smiles like nobody they don't write that stuff right it's not in this show <laughs> so. uh, i like when lex is drinking the whiskey not to toot my own horn, I'm, I just like this scene where he says he's going to make Roger Nixon disappear. And I thought the actor was really good. I think he was a Canadian actor who played Roger. Uh, and it's the first time we really get to see Lex being a badass. I like that. I think we needed that because he's so nice. He's looking after Clark. He's showing up. He's drinking coffee at Lana's place. And it's just, it's just kind of like, okay, what is this guy doing? He's kind of a creeper kind of walking around. And now he's got some agenda. Now we see that potentially dark side of lex which i really i really dug well in power i mean and that scene is interesting because he's got to convince the reporter that he's not bluffing right very true and you as an actor have to prove to the audience that you're not bluffing so that you mean business i, I thought it was cool the cell phone being turned off i thought that was a good beat yeah um that, which helps sell it too so and i think you know at times it could be a little hardy boys you know i like that chloe is more more involved in the episodes that that becomes more apparent as as uh, we go along, but uh, I think she does a really good job. I think Allison is really a, she's a good actress, you know. And uh, we know what what happened 
tour, so we don't have to get into that. Yeah. But we could, but we just don't have to do it right now. And uh, my favorite moment probably is, uh, damn, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and the barely choking of Lana also. Uh, but uh, again, I did get choked up at the end. I, I did get choked up at the end. And I would say, so ultimately, here's, here's some, by the way, some questions. Now, remember, I told you. All you have to do is call this number, 213-538-2883. That's 213-538-2883. Leave your questions. Make them 20 to 30 seconds at most of the episode that we're going to watch so we could play them and answer your questions. Make them good questions. There's, if you watch the episode and then call the number and leave a question, chances are the question is going to be better. So random questions don't work for me as well. I want to hear people with real questions. So uh, here's one from Michelle. This episode seems to grow the plot line of everyone being suspicious of Lex because of the misdeeds of his father. Do you think with a different father, we would have turned into the same villain? He would have turned into the same villain people portray him as. I think that's a good question. I have answered that. But no, I think if he had Jonathan Kent as a father, I don't think he would have become evil at all. Tom? Well, I I remember you bringing this up while we were shooting the series. I mean, if it just so happened that Lionel found Clark and Jonathan found Lex in that field, of course, he would have known probably it's Lex Luthor and returned him to his father. But, um, <laughs> very that's true, very true. Um, yeah, nature versus nurture. I mean, that's a big, that's a big thing of, I don't, I don't know if Clark ever wanted Lionel as a father, but I think there might be a little bit of nostalgia for Lex looking at Jonathan and then oh, yeah. Clark having a family and, you know, a, a support system that tried to get him to grow. Yeah. Lex had the opposite. Lex didn't have anything like that. So yeah, I think no. it would have been completely different. Good question. Jerry C, normally we play these, but I, today we couldn't. Jerry C, if you guys could have real x-ray vision, what would you use it for? Huh. Ryan, I what mean, would you use it for? I have to think about that. Real x-ray vision? I would use it to look at all my friends to see if there's any ca- cancer or anything that needs to be taken care of or paid attention to. Say, so, hey, you have a little lump over there. You might want to get that so checked That's so nice out. because you know what came to my head? I, 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 all I could think was to find my phone. <laughs> <laughs> how, how stupid is that? That's good, though. No, look, looking for lost keys and wallets. Yeah. 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 Looking for, like, if, you're, if you got a rat problem, look yeah. through some walls. There's a little bastard. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what you do. You go. Uh, my first response would be when I see the rat, be damn. <laughs> Looking in the fridge to figure out what you need at the grocery store. Wait a minute. You can, can just, you just oh. open it. You can just open you can it. Just open you can it. just open it. Uh, Santiago, any behind the scenes insights on what it was like to shoot the X-ray vision, Tom? Because you, this is the first time you're trying to figure it out. So what was it like? How uh, how much do you squint? What is I wonder, uh, if that's, I wonder if that's Santiago, our buddy from South America. It probably um, is. Hey, Santiago. Where yeah. in the hell is Carmen Santiago? Yeah. I remember the first time we did it was this scene where Clark looks through the locker um, to find the money in Tina Greer's locker. And which I don't know if that's illegal or not, but that's not really part of the show. But I remember just, again, you know, everything's moving around. They're like, okay, you stand here. Here's the locker and you good to go. I'm like, yeah. And they're like action. And I realized, oh, I, I got to figure out what x-ray vision looks like right now. <laughs> and I just kind of was like, I, I guess quickly, I just realized I was just trying to see what was in the locker. And then I 
oh, I, I saw money in there. You know, it, it was very simple, like a focus thing. So there wasn't a lot of choreography or meetings about it. It was more like, okay, you have extra vision. I was like, okay. And then we kind of, um, kind of just, you know, that little focus thing or like these little movements then stayed with Clark. We really didn't use X-ray vision maybe ever again on the show. Uh, yeah, you did. I don't remember. Yeah, you did. In, in my episode of Freak, you did for sure. Because you see the oh, little really? chip in Chloe's arm. Oh, but you know what, what I just thought of? You know how many times we go to conventions, Tom, and people will come up to go, remember an episode, blah, 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 or this one? And you were like, I don't know. I don't remember any of this. Now we're going to remember. Now we're really going to have a conversation with these people. I mean, of course I remember. We talked about it two weeks ago on the podcast. We got chased away from the Seinfeld we got chased away. We ran all the way through Vancouver. It was raining. I don't know. Uh, this is fun. What would you now? Here's here's the thing. What would you rank this? Let's go with Tom first. Three roses being the best. You could use halves. Three bombs being the worst. And right down the middle is a heater. That's the right down the middle. No 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 bombs. No roses. Um, Rosenbaum. I, I think because of the amount of character development and the stunts, which for me were were things I were I was figuring out then. Um, but I think the episode stands up for character. So I, I would give it one and a half. I don't know if this is the episode I would show someone to say, you got to watch this episode and you'll understand why you have to watch the series. I don't think it could be, but I don't, you know what? This is the first time we agree. I, I think I'm going to give it one and a half, one to one and a half roses. You know, just to be a dick, I'm going to give one, I'm going to give one rose. Ryan, uh, Zero is the middle now. Zero is the middle. I'm gonna give it one. Yeah. I'm gonna give it one. So one for me, one for Ryan, one and a half. What did you guys give it? I'd like to see with the little emojis or whatever. You could put like two roses and a half a rose. I don't know how you do the half. You could put two and then a one over the two. Anyway, I'd love to hear on the Twitter and the Instagram. I'd like to see what you guys thought. How many roses or how many bombs did you hate this episode? If so, why? I, I like to hear these things. Um so, you know, this is the time where Ryan has now, we've decided. Pick three. We are now trying to guess what Ryan's favorite scene was. Tom and I are now 0-0 zero, zero after three episodes. This is the fourth, but he's going to make it a little easier. So he's going to give us three choices and we're going to choose. And you can choose two and you can tell me if you were right. So let's uh, let's go, Ryan. All right. For me, the ones that, uh, that stood out uh, were the opening with... Uh, not Lex Luthor robbing the bank. That one? Uh, that's one. Okay. Uh, By the way, don't scream out because that was one. So we're going to, on the count of three, Tom, you and I will go. It'll be one, two, three, three, or whatever. You know what I mean? According to what he. Okay. Yep, here we go. Uh, number two is gym class with the rope climbing. Oh, yeah. And number three is when. Um, uh, Tina morphs in. This can't in, be your favorite because you can't even describe it. Yeah. When Tina morphs into <laughs> Lana and then uh, confronts Clark in his Fortress of Solitude, that is not his Fortress of Solitude, as we've discovered. All right. So on the count of three, it's going to be one, two, three, and then the number you've chosen. Yeah. Okay. Tom, are you ready? Yes. One, two, three, two. Two. It's three. It is three. You suck. Well, I like three. I wanted to pick a Lizzie Kaplan scene because I am a fan of hers. And this was cool. It showed her villain powers. It was evil and manipulative. You sort of saw Clark 
kiss Lana and then get deceived. And then there's also, you know, the the villain and Clark showdowns are usually pretty fun. And that was where you get to see it. And I didn't really see it coming. I, I, I should have seen it coming. But when Lana goes yeah. in and makes out with t- Clark until she becomes a little aggressive. That's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not Lana. And you get to see uh, you get to see Kristen sort of play like a little bit like a darker like bit and yeah. do something a little bit more uh, riskier. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And she probably appreciated that, too. Yeah. She, she, just, she didn't like the fluff. Correct, Tom? That's correct. So at the end of four episodes, seven people have been saved. Six are dead. Uh, the next episode, because that's pretty much it for this episode. Ultimately, we all kind of like this episode. We all gave it one rose or one and a half for Tom. Uh, but please stick around for next week as we chill out and we talk about episode number five. And that episode is called Cool. So um, I have my thoughts already about this episode, just remembering it. I, I, I vaguely remember this episode. Um, but let's let's see what we think. Let's let's go I don't, back. I don't remember at all. I mean, I don't remember. I just remember. I'm not going to say anything. I'm right. not going to say a word. But let's take the discussion uh, online. Let's know your thoughts over the episode. Uh, go to our socials, Talkville Podcast on everything except for, uh, what is it? Talkville Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and Talkville Pod on Twitter. Follow us on Patreon. Um, we really appreciate it. The Patreon, it's right here. It will tell you what visually if you're on YouTube. And uh, support the podcast in other ways. I'll, I'll write a message to you after. Thanks for supporting it. Also, if you want to, you could uh, check out my podcast. Uh, I, I interview people like Tom. It's called Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. A lot of great guests. So follow us on on there and uh, listen. Support that podcast, if you will. I hope they like it. Tom, how do you feel after f- uh, four episodes? I mean, this is fun. I mean, it's it's we're just... It, it, it's all fun for me where so and i get to hang out with you so yeah Ryan. it is it is fun ryan you enjoying this so that that props guy never got to come back the one about the grave i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm i don't i didn't do it's not that i did anything i just don't ever remember seeing him again i think it was a couple things one his prop didn't work two uh, i hate to say it this way but like the way he talked to the actor because the, <laughs> it's pretty arrogant is, I don't think you're supposed to do that if you're in the crowd department. So, yeah. Um, I just, but it also helped me understand, like, you do got to speak up for yourself sometimes to protect yourself in these circumstances because we went, you know, nine more years doing this stuff. And yeah. uh, you got to watch out for yourself on set. Yeah. What's the episode coming up that I, I become president of the United States in the flashback? Oh, I don't, I think that's a ways away, isn't it? Is it? I think it's one I directed. No, Beeman directed that one. Oh, but I was there when they gave you the fake speech. No, no, that was a different one. That was later on. But we did an early episode where the flowers die and blood rains from heaven. Oh, I forgot which episode that, that was familiar. on. But that was a. Uh, I can't wait till that comes because that might. Uh, that, I remember liking that a lot. Of, Ooh, that's cool. That's cool. And the effects were really good. But I don't know how much they hold up. I just don't know how much. Also, you can follow me at the Michael Rosenbaum. Also, Tom, where can they follow you? Uh, I'm on Instagram, and I think I have a Twitter, but I don't. I don't Is know. it just Tom Welling at Tom Welling? Yeah. And what's so. uh, Ryan's Instagram? I'm at Taya's Ryan everywhere. T e l l e z Ryan R y a n. That's it. That's me. Well, maybe you're gonna get a lot I do of followers. So much now. posting. But maybe you get a lot of followers, and they want you to post now. Yeah. What would I post? This. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess you can. I guess you can post it. Uh, hey, this has been a real treat. I hope you guys continue to uh, to listen to us and have fun. Um, we're enjoying this. I hope you are. And if you have any ideas about what we should do, please yeah. Twitter and Instagram us. Right? Like, subscribe, comment. Isn't that what people say? Like, subscribe, comment. Smash that like button. Smash that like button, baby. Uh, that's it, man. Uh, thanks for listening to Talkville. Uh, I am Michael Rosenbaum with Tom Welling and Ryan Taylor. And that's it. Okay. And we'll, we had a blast. We'll see you next week when we discuss cool. Make sure you watch it. Get your questions in on that hotline number. And uh, uh, thanks for, for supporting us. Thanks for watching the show with us again. See ya. Don't think we forgot our patrons, our lovable patrons who support the podcast in so many ways. Thank you for becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash talkville and help the show. Thanks for listening. And here are the shout outs to our lovable patrons. Let's start it out with Nikki G, Leanne P, Raj C. Santiago M, Suzanne B, Leah S. Corey M, Callie D, Tom T. Mark A, AJ underscore 800, Sophie M, Betsy D. Liliana. Uh, Liliana A, that is. Abby P, Meg K, Chris Kimberly E, Jeremy V, Michael Hall. Just kidding. Michael H. <laughs> Ray H, Karen M, Design OTG. Danielle B, 99 more. Liliani N. That's Lilani again. I do that every, every time. It's okay. Catherine P, Brett G, Super Sam, Always S. Farrell T, yes, you are. Ken J, Jeff E, and Esteban G. Uh, this is DJ Kento, Garrett W, Just J. Taylor H, Kimberly L, FR dot G. <laughs> I think it's Tyler H, not Taylor. <laughs> and that's, you're right, FR dot G, Fra G. Teresa, Justin S, Eric W, Tom N. Juan V, Tony V, Rodolfo J, and Jason W, Nancy D, and Michael finishes up. Megan H. Hi, Megan. Artin K. Artin? I haven't heard of an Artin, but I like it. Artin K. Justin T. And Lucio. We couldn't thank you more. Thank you for Thanks, the support guys. and love. We want to continue doing this, and we can't do it without your support. Patreon.com slash Talkville. We'll see you next week.